Hey guys, this is Leah Hendershot, your host for Well on Less, where we take somewhat overwhelming ideas of living well and make them simple and easy to implement and live by. Hey, you're back. I'm glad you are here and ready to learn more. So today we are going to talk about the way we think about food and I will try to keep it condensed, but first of all, I want to read a quote. I love quotes, and this is a really good one from one of my all-time favorite books. So if you're looking for a really good book, if you're into real food, creation, nature, animals, farm life, anything like that, first of all, you need to be following Joel Salatin, S-A-L-A-T-I-N. The work that man has done on his farm in Virginia is to be admired around the world and his love of the earth. But I'm going to read a quote of his just to set us up for today. So from Joel Salatin, his book, never got to the book, it's called The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs, Respecting and Caring for All God's Creation. One of my favorite, favorite books in this area. So he says, today's orthodoxy thrives on someone else doing the cooking. The single service packet from the supermarket has replaced the sit-down, home-cooked meal as the most common food choice. Easy foodism disengages people from the process and creates a level of food illiteracy unthinkable just a few short decades ago. And we're going to just hit on that um, as we're talking about this. So we're going to talk about the way we think about food and how we slowly, everything I talk about, I want you to not be overwhelmed. I want you to take it bit by bit um, and start to implement it in the same way if you want to. So how do we think about food? And one of the things I've learned on my journey because my mom did cook from scratch a lot growing up out of, well, necessity. We lived in the country budget-wise. My dad always had a garden. My grandma and grandpa always had a garden that lived over the hill from us. Our neighbors had gardens. It was um, more just the thing you did. But I, I think, you know, there were five of we kids, so my mom knew that that was the cheapest way to feed us and feed us well. So I'm grateful to her for that. She often tells the story of going to the supermarket where there was at least three of us at that time, and she had 20 bucks, and she had to stretch as far as she could. Yes, food prices have inflated over since the um, 80s, mid-80s, early 90s, but still, that's not a lot of money, and my dad absolutely was out there working his tail off every day. So it wasn't that, it was just that they had mouths to feed and that's what you had to do. So she would go and look for the cheapest meats. We often had salmon patties, or if you're in the South, salmon patties and things like that. But my mom, we didn't eat out a lot at all. And I still pretty much, you know, have carried that through my own life. But what I've learned when we first, my husband and I were first married, 
I thought cooking was opening Hamburger Helper. You know, I'm cooking the meat and then you just add everything to it. And as I started to change the way we ate, I realized, oh, it just killed me to think back to those times. And what I have observed, and this is not to um, put down anyone, anything like that. We are a very busy society. But what I've observed is convenience has now, in my view, convenience has become almost like, what's the proper word? Convenience has become this thing that we, uh, is a blessing, but it's almost like we deserve this convenience. And I think, unfortunately, it's caused, we see it in our, in the American society, for sure, it's caused more than we thought. So yes, convenience is fantastic. I'm not saying we never eat convenience food. But where am I going with this? What it has caused has been way more than we bargained for. And we see that. We know that. We're, we're aware of the state of our health around, you know, in, in modern countries around the world, and especially in America, unfortunately. And we see it as this thing that's like a badge of honor. Oh, I couldn't, couldn't make lunch today. So, you know, my kid gets a Lunchable. Or um, couldn't, in, you know, I, oh, I have to eat out every day. Things like that. I have to. And it bothers me because, of course, when you're on the other side of something. But I don't want this to be a judgmental podcast. I want you to just start to think about your food choices and what we have been conditioned more and more to since women, um, you know, around World War II, a lot had to go into the workforce. I think between 1940, 1945, it grew by like 50% of women in the workforce. And, you know, that is what it is. And that's every woman's choice, thank goodness, um, to be in the workforce, whether from home or outside the home. But we have been conditioned for this convenience over time. We've conditioned ourselves for this convenience. And what I observe is it's become too convenient and we find it a burden to take the same amount of time to make something at home and take it or eat leftovers or make something from scratch that really, really isn't that hard to make. We're just so used to it. Say canned biscuits, for example. I can cut butter into flour um, very quickly and have it ready to go just to mix milk in with and roll out and put in the oven. It's, it's easy to do that, but our convenience society, we would rather go, you know, to a restaurant in the morning and buy a biscuit with who knows what is on it. Uh, and pay for it than that. So like I said, this is not judgmental, but we have to start thinking about the way we think about food. And is it really, how much is it really costing us? Obviously in health, but but also in monetary value. That's, that's huge. And that's why I wanted to start out with talking about food and maybe doing a little food series 
because I want to help you begin to change the way you think about your food. And it's one of the biggest things you can do to live well on less is to change your mindset about food and get comfortable with cooking things at home. And that comes over time. But when you have the basics down, I think we just, we all can get more comfortable with that. So anyway, I don't want to keep this too long. I want you to remember this concept when you want to reach for a convenience food. If it is a processed food, so not a real food, what I call real food is something that has not much has changed from its original state to the state it gets to your body. Not a lot has changed. Processed food equals time. So processed food is takes time to make it. A lot of time to make it. A lot of time to process it and put it through this and this and this and this for an end product. It also, for your body, takes time. A lot more time to process and go through your body. Your body filter it out and put it where it needs to go and filter out the bad. So the time it, the more time it takes for a food to be created, the more time it takes for that food to be processed through your body and the more time it takes away from your body in the long term. If you think about real food, real food is short time, short time to prepare, to go from its, its original state to your plate. So short time there, and then it's short time in your body. So your body processes it very, very easily. And then it's very efficient when you have real food in your body. Very efficient. That's why a lot of times when people will eat, begin to eat more real foods, they may be hungry more often. So short time in, short time going out of your body, and ultimately a short time taken off from your lifespan. Um, instead of a long, a longer time with processed food. So think about that when you're thinking about the food you're eating. For example, let's talk about, let's go back to biscuits. I like biscuits. Sounds good this morning. Biscuits at home, flour. I do not buy self-rising flour because I don't know what's in it. Um, always. So self-rising flour, salt, and baking powder. Cut in some... butter. Butter is usually the best um, for me, for us. And then milk. I hope I haven't forgotten anything. <laughs> but it's a very basic thing. But if you go and you buy a can of biscuits or frozen biscuits or anything like that, just flip it over and look at the ingredients and think, hmm, is this time span in my body and what it's taking off my life worth five minutes in the morning I could prepare the dough stick it in the fridge and then when I get home from work throw some milk in there roll it out and put it in the oven easy simple things like that that's what I'm trying to convey to you guys is think about processed versus real and this is something that you think would be something that everyone would know but the more I'm out and about and talking to people it's not and that's just a part of just changing. Like I said, I'm not being judgmental. A lot of 
People grew up on convenience and that's all they know. So just start thinking about changing that, changing that mindset in your mind. Even if it's one thing, even if it's as simple as biscuits, think about changing that. Change your biscuits. So the main concept is that process versus real. Time in, time out, time added to or taken away from your lifespan. And it really also comes down to nutrient density, nutrients density. And this is something that I didn't even think about until a, a ways into my journey. And we need to think about it for our children as well, our grandchildren, is nutrient density. And that's another thing that has been very eye-opening to me since having children especially. Because as an adult, you know how to, okay, I've had enough, or this is too much, or whatever. But raising children from tiny tots to now I have a teenager, one teenager so far, is how is the difference in how much my children eat when they eat nutrient-dense foods versus empty food. And let's go back to biscuits. Our whole family, I can make, I think... If there's two cups of flour, I think that will make about eight to ten biscuits for us. And you eat one with, let's say you're making a breakfast sandwich, if you happen to. I'd make biscuits more for supper, but we could eat one of those. Like a homemade biscuit with an egg, maybe some, my brother does his own sausage, Uncle Ben's sausage. Shout out to Uncle Ben's sausage. Um, but we can eat one of those with some fruit and that would be, we would be stuffed. But if we ever happen to like at my husband's work, they'll bring in a convenience food, you know, a breakfast food, you know, people will scarf down two or three of those. What's the difference? If I make homemade tortillas at home with flour, salt, water, and some coconut oil, my kids can hardly eat one whole one. But if you buy tortillas at the store, they can eat at least two and they're bigger. So what's the difference there? And it's nutrient density. And that's something I want you at the beginning of this food series to remember. Nutrient dense food fills you up and keeps you full longer. And we see this affects, like I said, I saw it in my children and what if, obviously we're doing it as adults, but what about children? That's why they're eating more food. They're eating more food and more processed food to feel full. And then they get used to the bigger portions and they eat, they eat more and more of the processed food. Like I said, I see it in my own kids if, in their, if we go out for burgers every once in a while. It's ridiculous, but if I make burgers at home, they'll eat one and sometimes not even finish that. So nutrient density is huge. So I'm just going to leave that there because I could go on and on and on. I'm, I'm, I just can't emphasize that enough about how the density of our food is affecting how much we eat and how much we eat affects how much more we want to keep eating. And it's just a cascading effect from there. So one of the best books to get to begin this concept to 
Just start making a list and figure out which you want to read first. I, I, I referenced The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs by Joel Salatin because it's just a great book to read if you want to understand, if you have a heart for this sort of thing, you'll just love it. But if you want to learn and have recipes to begin eating more nutrient-dense, I highly recommend it's the Weston A. Price Foundation, but the book is called Nourishing Traditions, Nourishing Traditions by Sally Fallon Morell. And that is just the basic cookbook. It's kind of yellowish with like a drawing, a very elaborate illustration on the front. You maybe could find it at a used bookstore. That is a great one to begin to understand nutrient density and how it's been studied by Weston A. Price in cultures that hadn't been influenced by modern foods, modern processed foods and sugars and things like that, and the health of those people in these cultures, and then apply it to ourselves. So you'll see a big difference in people. You should see a big difference in people, the health of people, when they eat mostly at home and they they try and eat more organic. You you should you will see a difference in their body mass index, their BMI. You will see uh, in their immune system health. You will see all of that. And the nutrient density is massive. So there's a good book to start out with. Wrapping it up, begin to think about what you're buying. If you can replace it at home with something that doesn't take a lot of time, more nutrient dense, is going to help you have fewer portions. And as I always say, think about your children, your grandchildren, and the things you're setting up for them and teaching them about nutrient density. My kids will hear over and over and over, I would rather them eat three eggs, three pastured pastured chicken eggs in the morning than a bowl of cereal, hands down. Nutrient density, healthy fats. It's going to keep them happier longer. It's going to keep their brain healthier and give them the energy they need to start the day. And that's definitely the way we need to start to to think about food. So we're going to continue this little series. I'll talk about this, I know, over and over and over. So I'm going to wrap it up with that one. If you want a PDF of some of the top nourishing nutrient-dense foods, then I will send that to you for free. I'll have a link below, just a simple form you fill out, and I will email that to you. And you can begin to incorporate some of those nutrient-dense foods, make those switches. And I'll also put a link to the Wise Traditions, Nourishing Foods book and Joel Salatin's book in the show notes. So you guys can just click and go that way. So that's it for today. Thanks for being here. guys for being here with me on the podcast for now as I get started the places I can send you to to connect with me are still being streamlined but for now you can find me on Facebook at Leah Hendershot Flourishing Roots Home and then you also can find me on Instagram at flourishing.roots I do have a website in the works but we're going with what we have and we're just getting started so follow me there 
And then when, as we change things over for Well On Less, then I will let you know about those changes, both here in the podcast and then on those sites. So follow me there first and then stay tuned for when we have more things ready. But I'm happy that you're with us.